So by the grace of God tonight, I'll be speaking on the subject, biblical basis for our expectations. Biblical basis for our expectations. As a child of God, your expectations should not just hang in the air. There must be a foundation for it. There must be a reason why you have that expectation. We expect to go to heaven. What is the biblical basis? We expect that the future will be better than the past. What is the biblical basis? We expect that we are going to get better every single day. Things are going to happen positively. What is the biblical basis? Whatever you don't have a biblical basis for, you have no right to expect. That is why if you expect something, you need to establish it on the word. You need to be able to ground it and root it in the word. Whatever your expectations are, if I expect, for example, that I'm going to fly like a bird, the question is, what is the basis for that? If I expect that when I get married, I will have children, what is the biblical basis for that? If I expect that I will be the head and not the tail, I will be above only and never below, what is the biblical basis for that? So whatever you expect, if your expectation will not be cut off, it must have biblical basis. There must be something that is standing and grounded on. And if the foundation is not there, your expectation will be disappointed. If I say tomorrow I'm going, to, I'm going to fly like a bird, I'm just going to be an eagle and fly from here and fly to Scotland, Aberdeen. The question is, tell us the biblical basis. You know, tell us where you are promised such a thing. Tell us the basis for expecting that to be something that will happen in your life. So that is what we want to look at, biblical basis for our expectations. Let us pray. Father God, we want to thank you for your loving kindnesses and your tender mercies. We thank you because you have been a help in ages past, you are hope for years to come. And more than anything, you are a present help today in the time of need. As we open our mouth and we pant longing for your commandments, Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you will bless us with your word in such a way that it will affect our behavior. Because the word of God is profitable to affect the things we do. And we so open our mouth and expect to be fed. Satisfy our mouth with good things so that you can renew our youth as the eagle. And let your word and your spirit have a free flow among us. And let it be at the end of the day that we are doers and not hearers only. Because it's not the hearer of the Lord that is justified, but the doers of it. And we give you glory and praise for everything, O oh God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 One of the most unfortunate things that I have seen in the body of Christ with many Christians, and that was one of the reasons why I never became a Christian on time, is that many people who claim to be Christians are not experiencing and enjoying the fullness of what God wants them to experience. In other words, you know, the Bible tells us all have sinned and come short. But I discovered that it's not only sin that makes someone come short. Ignorance can make you come short. And that is why the Bible says we should pay heed to the things that we have had, lest at any time we let them slip from us. If you don't know what you need to know, what is likely is that you will not experience it. Theoretically, potentially and legally, something can be yours. But experientially and practically, it may not become yours because you don't know, as it were, 
what you need to know. There are many Christians who are living below their privileges in Christ, who are not experiencing the full benefit and the blessings that Christ came to make available through the cross of Calvary. And that is why I like the theme of the conference this year that says, above all others. Is there a promise for me to experience a life above the life I'm experiencing now? Is there a place for me to experience a marriage, a relationship that is more satisfying than the one I have now? Is there a promise or a place for me to experience a career that is better than what I am going through? Is there a place for me to experience a financial life that is superior to the one that I'm currently experiencing? That is what I want to emphasize. The biblical basis for you to experience something much more, as it were, than what you are currently experiencing. Because all of us are on one level or the other. In our spiritual life, in our financial life, in our career, in our relationship, we're on one level. But you see, you can rise above that level. You can get more, you can be better, you can be stronger, you can make more money, you can have greater influence. And so wherever you are now, it's not the final destination. You may not look like you used to look, but you are not yet everything God intends for you to be. And that is why a message and a program of this nature is very important. To ginger us, to motivate us, to, to build up expectation for something more. Because God has a provision for expectation, but our expectation needs to be grounded. We don't expect more because we don't know much. The more you get to know about the things that are freely given to you of God, the more your expectation is built. And the more your expectation is built, the more you become a partaker of those things that are yours. That is why we talk about knowledge. The Bible says in Proverbs 11, 9, through knowledge, the righteous shall be delivered. Knowledge and wisdom, according to Isaiah 3, verse 6, shall be the stability of your times and the strength of your salvation. You know, for you to be the kind of Christian you ought to be after you get saved through the blood of Jesus, you need to come to the knowledge of the truth. Because until you come to the knowledge of the truth, you may be saved, but you may not be safe. The place of knowledge is to make your Christianity more stable and more rewarding. There are Christians that are living as if to say they are still not Christians. Not because Christ has not gone to the cross, but they have not come to know. He said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free, not set you free. You know what sets us free is the blood of Jesus. But what makes us free is the knowledge we have. First Timothy 2.4. Go, we have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And until you come to the knowledge of the truth, you cannot live the kind of life that God wants you to live. So one thing I have experienced, one thing I have seen is that with many Christians... Though some things are theoretically, legally, and potentially theirs, but when it comes experience and practical and what they are going through in life, they are not experiencing as much as what has been paid for as it were on the cross of Calvary on their behalf. So expectation is very important. Now I want to try and say to us, what are those things that the Bible says God is able to do? I mean, Ephesians 3.20 says, now unto him that is able to do. Able to do what? Able to do what? Now, I want to share with you six things that God is able to do. You know, when I came to know the Lord as a young Christian, 
I was in the occult before I came to know Christ. And so when I gave my life to Christ, I was interested in what, what God, God was able to do. In the occult, I had become familiar with what the devil was able to do. I mean, the devil can make things appear and disappear. In the, dev in, 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 in the occult world, you can be given a child, you can be given a job, you can give authority and dominion over people and so on and so forth. So when I came to know Christ, the first thing that ginger me, the first thing I was interested in knowing is what was God able to do? I speak to you, I lie not, my conscience behind me witness. I sat down that day and I said, Lord, you're going to have to convince me you are better than Satan. You're going to have to give me an insight into what you are able to do. And he told me, take your pen and write the following things. Number one, number one, God is able to do whatever his word says he's able to do. Philippians 3.21 says he's able to subdue all things. Hebrews 7.25 says he's able to save to the utmost they that come to God by him. So God is able to do whatever his word tells you is able to do. Luke chapter 3 verse 8 says he's able to raise up children from stones. Now when you hear that he said, wow, is he able to do that? Of course. You were a stone before you became a human being. The Bible says in Genesis 2, 7, he formed man out of the dust of the earth and breathed into man the breath of life and man became, man became from dust. So when the word of God tells you he's able to raise up children from stones, then you know that God's word have already said so. In Job 42, verse 2, he says this, I know you can do all things. So he's able to do all things. He's able to subdue all things. He subdued the fiery furnace. He subdued the mouth of the lion so that he could not even devour Daniel despite the fact that he was there with them overnight. So the number one thing is God is able to do. You know, he's able to do whatever his word promises he is able to do. Number two, God is also able to do what man cannot do. With man, certain things are impossible, but not with God. I mean, the surgeon told me, Mr. Michael here, something. You know, but in spite and beyond that, God was able to do what man cannot do. What your lawyer cannot do. When your lawyer had expressed and asked and explained in the court, beyond what your lawyer said, God can give other instructions higher than that. Beyond what your doctor said, God can give higher instructions. Before what any man say, God can give higher instructions. Who is he that yet had it come to pass? When the Lord had not commanded it, God is able to do what man. When the best of men are down to nothing, God is up to something. Because men will tell you it has never been done before, or it has, I mean, they can't do it, does not mean God cannot. When men have washed their hands off your case, that does not stop God from stepping in. And so, number two, God is able to do what man cannot do. Number three, God is also able to do whatever his word says you can ask him for. Is there something that the word of God tells you you can ask from God? In 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5, 2 Chronicles 1, 7, he said, And the Lord said unto, Moses, uh, unto Solomon, Ask me whatever I shall give you. God is able to do whatever his word says you can ask him for. You can ask him for. Psalm 2 verse 8 says, ask of me, and I will give the heathens to you for your inheritance. He said, and the utmost part of the earth for your possession. God said, just ask of me based on the word. 
Mark 11, 23, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be that removed, and be that cast to the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Ask, ask, concerning my children, concerning the works of my hand. Isaiah 45, 11 says, command ye me. So God is able to do whatever his word says you can ask of him. Ask, and you shall be given. Matthew 7, 7, seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened, for he that asketh receiveth, he that seeketh findeth. And he that knocketh, the door shall be opened. So God is able to do whatever his word says you can ask him. Number four, God is able to do for you anything he has done for someone else. You know, when it comes to contracting jobs out, before you give a job to someone, <laughs> there must be evidence that that same person have done a similar job. And if the person have not lost, I mean, if the person have not changed and have remained who the person is, then you can expect him to do today whatever he has ever done before. God is able to do for me whatever he has done for someone else before. You know, many, many times when I want something from the Lord, I first of all look into the scriptures and look around me if there are people that he has ever done it for. Because whether you know it, whether you know it, uh, whether you know it or not, if God has ever done something before, He's able to do it again. Malachi three six says, "I am the Lord; I change not." He delivered from the fiery furnace; He can do it again. He may he, he, he gave children to women who had no children; He can do it again. God is able to do today whatever He has ever done before. If He has done it before then there is enough ground for you to expect. Expectancy is based on knowledge. When you know that he has done it before, then you can expect him to do the same. Because the word of God tells us in Psalm 107 verse 27, says, thou art the same. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Whenever I'm, I'm like locked up in something, I said, is there a trace? Are there tools instances where God have ever done this thing before. So in the mouth of two or three instances, let every word be established. So God is able to do for us, as it were, whatever he has done before. Number five, is it number five now? God is also able to do for you what he has done for someone else. Because there's no respect of persons. If he did it for Reverend George, he can do it for you. Why? God is no respect of persons. Romans 2.11, for God is no respecter of persons. Romans 10.12, there's no difference between the Jews and the Greeks. For the same Lord over all is to to all that call upon his name. If there is an evidence, somebody has experienced that thing before. Then you and I can be expectant. We can be expectant. Why not? Why not? Because he's done it for someone before. And you see the rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them both. And so if there is a record, he has done it before. If there is a record, someone else has experienced it. He heals someone of kidney failure. He can do that for you too. But you see, for you to be able to experience it, it has to be based on knowledge. And knowledge will help your expectancy. Knowledge will cheer you up to expect it to happen. Has he ever done it for someone else? I ran so many years ago. I heard of someone who was given a brand new car. I said, Wow. Well, along the line, I believe God for also a brand new car. And God has given me at least about three or four cars brand new. Now, why? Because he's no respect of persons. 
Colossians 3, 25, he said, for God is no respect of persons. Ephesians 6, 9, he said, neither is God in respect of persons. If God has ever built a church, he can build your church. If God has ever built a house for someone, he can build a house for someone. If God has ever given a house to someone free, he can do the same. But you see, you must have a basis for that expectation. If there is no Bible base, if there is no experiential base for it, then you may not be able to have enough confidence to put a demand on God for that. So it's important for you to understand that. So God is able to do for me whatever he has done for someone else. Number six, God is also able to do whatever he has promised. Whatever he has promised. That is why you need to be familiar with the promises of God. At least there are close to 9,000 scriptures that are God's promises. They cover every area of our lives, including the hair on your head. The very hair on your head are numbered. Every, there are promises cover every area. But you see, when you not search the scriptures, you can't discover God's promise about anything. You can't discover God's promise about anything. So God is able to do what he has promised. What's a promise? A promise is an undertaking to give or to do something on demand. But many times we can't demand it because we don't have the confidence based on knowing that the promises are there. Second Corinthians 1, 20, all the promises of God in Christ are here and amen to the glory of God by us. First Kings chapter 8, verse 56. Of every promise that God made to Israel from the Mount of David, he said, from the Mount of Moses, he said there was not even a single one of them that dropped to the ground. Psalm 89, verse 34, my covenant will I not break? Now will I will not take back the words that have proceeded out of my mouth. God that cannot lie, Titus 1, 2, have promised. He has promised his word, we don't return to him void. Isaiah 55, 11, so shall my word be that proceeded out of my mouth, shall not return to me void, shall accomplish that which I please and prosper in that into which I send it. So God, God is able to do whatever he has promised. You see, when God said this unto me, and I asked him, I said, is that all? He said, that's not all. He said, if as a child of God, you, you believe for all these six, and that is the level at which you live, you are still living below the privileges that I have in mind for you. I said, wow. So if I believe you are able to do what your word say, I can ask you if I'm able to do for me what you've done for someone else, you're able to do today what you did for someone I then said, why? Why, why? why are you saying that? He said, read that scripture very closely. You know, we are talking about above all others. You see, many times our expectations are below where they should be. Look at that scripture, Ephesians 3.20. It said, whereby God is able to do what? Exceeding abundantly above. Exceeding means beyond the limit. Beyond the limit of what I've done for someone else. God can do for you what you cannot even imagine has done for anybody else. Exceeding, something that surpasses something beyond, something above and over, something beyond. So God is able to do even something beyond his promises. Now let me ask you a question. Where is the promise that you can tell the sun to stop and the moon to stop? You can't find a promise of that. But God did it for Joshua. <laughs> you know, so many things that God can do. But many times we have not been able to plumb the depth of it because we have never raised that level of expectation as we should. So I'm giving you biblical basis today. I'm giving you a biblical basis that should affect your expectation. Our expectations are too low. 
when I ask someone, what kind of job do you seek? I just want a job that would just make me, you know, you, small money, you know, buy a house and pay for 25 years. Is that the kind of job you want? God can do more than that. You know, he can. He can exceed. Oh, what he's done for somebody else. It's not a definition of what he can do for me. I've experienced what God has never done for nobody. And you can experience some things in life that are so, he said, exceeding, exceeding, than what? Abundantly. Not just a little above, exceeding abundantly. I was telling someone, you know, some people tell me, hey, I got a discount from somewhere. I have been places where I've gone to buy things and I took them home free, not discount. Everything was free. Now, can you go and buy cameras and they'll be given to you free? Oh, yes. Is it possible to sleep in a hotel overnight free? Oh, yes. You know, he has done it again and again. Why? Because I have built my expectation to that level. He said, whereby he is able to do. He is able to do. Which means there are potentials within him to exceed those six points. But not many of us dare cross into those areas. We are satisfied with the six you know, we just take the six and say, well, this is enough for me. Is enough for me? Is enough for me? The man of Calvary, he is enough. What about the one who arose from the dead? You know, so at times, we, you know, the Bible says in Hebrews 4, 1, let us fear lest a promise left for us of entering into his rest. Any of us should seem to come short of it. Unto us was the word of God preached as well as unto them, but the word did not do them good because it never mixed with faith. So it's a faith issue. Your expectancy is an expression of your faith. And your faith is a product of knowledge. And so when you know he's able to do exceeding, then your faith should believe for the exceeding, for the abundantly, for the above all that we ask. God can do above what you ask. I'm going to show you in the scriptures tonight. It can beat your imagination. It can blow your mind. You know, even things you never thought he could do, he could do them. Things that your eyes, First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9, I have not seen, I have not had that, entered into the hearts of men, the things that God have reserved for those who fear him. I remember several years ago, I left Nigeria, and I went to a church in Houston. It was called Oasis of Love. Now it is called a Lakewood church. The pastor who was the pastor of that church was known as John Austin. John Austin was the father of Joel Austin that many people now know. And that man was such a rugged evangelist. And it was because I heard about the story of a man called Michael. Michael. This Michael of a guy had his eyes gogged out before he became a Christian. But despite the fact that his eyes are gogged out, because of, you know, he was involved in some crimes and so other people caught him and they gogged his eyes out. When he gave his life to Christ, Michael reads with a dry socket. No eyeball. Give him the Bible, he read it. So when I heard that that in Nigeria and I came over to him, I said, I'm going to go to the church. I want to meet the guy. I met him live. I met him live. I remember one man known as Henry Smith. Also a man. Who was a pra- who is a praise worship leader? He wrote that song, "Give thanks with a grateful heart." Give thanks. That man was born blind. When he leads praise and worship, he will not be able to imagine, you know, uh, how he can do that. 
he born blind. And when he begins, I went to a particular church. You see, I've seen quite a number of things that exceeded abundantly above all those six things. I went to a church. I was sitting near a man. I didn't know he was a stammerer. So I greeted him. Good morning. He didn't answer on time. I think he was trying to get uh, answer me. After one minute, he said, good morning. Huh? What kind of a thing is this? So the pastor who was sitting on my other part said, that is our international praise worship leader. I said, wow, this must be a handful. When the time of praise worship came, they had to usher him to collect the microphone. This man led 45 minutes praise and worship without stuttering once. He never called one word twice. He finished, he sat down, I greeted him, that was wonderful. He didn't answer, he was trying to answer again. After about one minute, he said, thank you, sir. <laughs> I said, wow. So this man is stutter, he stammers, but once he gets the microphone, he is off there. I mean, that is exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think. You know, tomorrow I'm gonna to be talking about according to the power in you. But tonight, I just want to have a biblical basis. On what basis? What is the basis for me to expect God to exceed my imagination or my expectation? We thank God for our expectation. But you know what? God is calling you to a higher level of grace. Where you're going to raise your expectation exceeding abundantly above what he has done before. What he has done for someone else. Above what you can ask him. Above what his word says he can do. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is what is possible. But what are the biblical basis? I'm going to share seven of them with you. And I know by the time I give you these seven, you can chew on them. And then we are going to be able to... What is the word expectation? What is the meaning of the word expectation? Expectation can be defined as something that we look forward to as likely going to happen. That's your expectation. Something you look forward to. So I want you to raise your level of expectation as some, uh, uh, when it comes about your expectation, as something you look forward to as likely going to happen. When Psalm and 13 verse 9 says, he maketh the barren woman to keep a house. Now, if you have been registered as barren completely, you can have expectation. That condition is not above what the name of Jesus can deal with. So the word expectation can also be defined as something we look forward to as likely going to happen. It's also defined as a strong belief about something which we hold as likely going to happen. It can also be defined as what is considered the most likely to happen. Tonight, you have expectation. Well, God will do again what he has done before. That's good. Uh, well, God will do whatever I ask him to do. That's good. God will do what he has promised. Wonderful. God will do for me whatever God's word says I can ask him for. That's wonderful. He will do for me what he has done for someone else. That is good. But that is not the limit of his power. That's not the limit of his capability. You see, until you can raise your expectation above these six, you are still going to lose out on some things. Nobody told Joshua that the sun cannot stand. Nobody told him that the moon cannot stand in his track. Nobody told Elijah that an axe head can swim. Nobody told him that. There is no promise that God can make axe head to swim. <laughs> 
you know. But you see, when the time came, he had such an expectation that he was able to move and cause the access to swim what nobody else can ever expect. There was, a, there was an instance in Acts chapter 8 where Philip disappeared from where he was, he was, he was and appeared somewhere else. It's called Philip's ticket. In Yoruba, where I come from, it's called Igbe. Where you supernaturally disappear. I have had that encounter before. It operates with fear. Immediately you are friends say, hey, you just go, you are gone. You go and then deposit you somewhere else. It happened with Philip. Have you ever seen a promise that such a thing can ever happen? Oh no. Has he ever done it for someone before? Oh no. But he did it in Philip's case. But it was because he had expectation. And this expectation was built on the fact that Philip was aware that he's able to exceed. You see, that's what the New Testament is about. That is what the New Testament is about. Is able to, wherefore is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. So he's able to. That scripture is a promise to let you know he's able to. All of us have expectations, but let me say this to you: God wanted to go to a higher level of grace, lift your expectation. Lift your expectation. I've seen a woman who experienced serectomy. They removed her womb. This was a UCH. When she was a young girl, she lived so promiscuously. She committed so many abortions that eventually at one point, the womb had to be removed. But this same woman was able to get pregnant and produce three boys. Now, without womb, you are saying that your tube is blocked. This person did not even have a womb. But you see, I remember that case. When the first man came who wanted to marry her, he told the man, he said, sorry, uh, medically and according to this certificate, I don't have a womb. So that one went away. That one couldn't believe for that. That one couldn't expect that. That one had enough, did not have enough knowledge to maybe expect something like that to happen. That one never thought that kind of a thing can ever happen. So another one came. Another brother came and said, I want to marry you because she was really very pretty. You know, and that was one of the reasons why she lost her womb to start with, because everybody was going after her. And so when she told this other brother, the brother said, well, no problem. If God made you, he mutually has spare parts. The people who make Pojo have Pojo spare parts. The ones who made Audi have Audi spare parts. He said, I want to believe that God can give you a brand new womb. And eventually that family had three sons. These are not people I don't know. These are people I know. Ask me, how did they have children? I don't know. <laughs> if God is God, there are certain things you and I cannot know about him. Our finite understanding cannot grasp everything about God. So raise the level of your expectation. And tonight I want to give you seven reasons why you can raise your level of expectation in such a way that you can begin to experience uh, something exceeding abundantly above the usual you have experienced. I have lived in Ilorni and I can tell you some mind-blowing things that happened. Mind-blowing, mind-blowing. There have been, I remember one time, my wife and I, there had not been water at home and we didn't have anything we could use in collecting water. We just had motorcycle. 
Suzuki 100 And that was all we had. And we were going to go to bed that day. We didn't know how to get water the next day and all of that. You know, where we lived was not in the center of a place where you can easily and properly order water. This was in the 80s. And when we were going to go to bed, I just had this feeling that I should expect. There may not be sounds of rain. There may not be cloud. But the ditches can be filled with water. So I told my wife, I said, let us just, the bathroom, the bathroom trough, let us just plug it. Let us just block it so that God will send water into the bathroom trough. And we went to bed. My wife woke up four o'clock and said, come and see, come and see. What, what did I see? The bathroom top was filled with water. Water never came through the, 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 the nothing. Now, how did that happen? Now, it's because we raised the level of our expectation. And so you need to raise the level. You see, your expectation sets the goal of what you get. Your expectation, not what God said. What God said can water your expectation to set the goal for what your heart desire. Proverbs 23, 18, Proverbs 24, 14, the B part. He said, the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off. Psalm 9, verse 18. He said, the expectation of the poor shall not be disappointed. God wants you to know that you need to raise your level of expectation. And as you raise it, you will see unusual things happen. You see things that I have not seen, you have not had. Neither has it entered into the hearts of men. Unusual things happen. Unusual things will happen. So as a believer, I'm going to give you seven of them very quickly. As a believer, I can expect God to exceed my expectation because it is the nature of God to do so. God's nature is not just to give me what I ask. God's nature is not just to give me what he has given other people. God's nature is to give me something that is beyond my current level of expectation. As a believer, I can expect God to exceed my expectation because it's his nature to do so. A person's nature is what that person is. It is the distinguishing characteristics of that person, including his way of acting, independent of other influence. God has been known to exceed people's expectation. It's his nature. If you don't know, it is his nature. That is his nature. When something is somebody's nature, you can expect him to do it. So we are not talking about what he has promised. We are talking about his nature. I can expect him to exceed my because it's the nature of God to exceed abundantly above. Luke chapter 6 verse 38. He said, give and it shall be given unto you. How? Good measure, pressed down, shaking together. Now look at that. That is exceeding abundantly above. Psalm 68, verse 19. He says, God daily loaded me with benefits. James 1 5. If any man ask of wisdom, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and it shall be given to. He said, That giveth. He said, Ask for wisdom. He won't just give you wisdom, he giveth. He'll keep giving. He gave so much wisdom to Solomon that there has never been anybody before him. What Solomon asked for was just wisdom to govern the people. It became outlandish wisdom. It is his nature of God to exceed our expectation. 
So why can't I also expect him to do so? It's the nature of God to exceed expectation. He said, if you bring your tithes and your offering to the house, Malachi 3.10 says, he will open the window of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there will not be room enough to contain. Can you imagine that? If you pay your tithes. I was thinking about that recently. I was looking at the number of cars in my compound in Eloni. 15 cars. Now that is, I didn't plan to have 15 cars. I just wanted to have like two or three. Or even five. One for the three children, one for my wife, one for me. Each of us have about five cars now. And the children have left home. And so the cars are there. The cars that some other people are praying and believing God for. It's just lying fallow, not being used by anybody. Now, what is the nature? You see, that is part of his nature. Let me give you one of the names of God. It's called El Shaddai, the Almighty. You'll find that name in about seven places in Genesis. El Shaddai means the God that is more than enough, the God of all sufficiency. you find this in Genesis 17.1, Genesis 28.3, Genesis 35, 11, Genesis 43, 14, I mean 43, 14, Genesis 48, verse 3, Genesis 49, 25. He said, I am the Lord God Almighty. The nature of God is not to give us like men give us. According to John 14, 27, he said, I do, he said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world give, give I to you. If you ask someone, pastor, when I said, Give me your dead pounds. He'll give you your dead pounds. That is according to his pocket. If you ask God for a hundred pounds, he gives you a thousand. Because he gives you according to your riches, not according to your need. He blesses you according to his riches in glory. So he exceeds it. There has never been a time since I got this secret implanted in my heart that I ask God for one, he gives me ten. I ask him for five things, give me twenty. I ask him for a little, you see that the whole place is flooded. And that's why I'm a little bit careful. When I ask nowadays, I remember one time I said, God, I need some, I need a, like, I need a, what do you call it now? Blazer. And I went to, I went to T.M. Lewin and I was looking around, hey, chicken. Someone came by me and bought me six blazers on the spot. Without plastic, it's only one I want, one. The man went and brought the brown one, the red one, the blue one, the dark one. I said, but look, it's one, one blazer. So they are just there. What I'm saying is, you can expect him to exceed your expectation because it's his nature. That is how he operates. If someone's nature is in a particular way, you can expect him to overperform. He richly gives us all things. First Timothy 6, 17. He doesn't give, the nature of God is not to give you a little less than enough. He gives us much more than enough. I mean, when you look at the Bible, I'm going to get there in a minute. A woman asked God for a male child, one man child. He gave him six. He gave her six. You remember Hannah? First Samuel chapter 1 verse 18. He said, if you give your handmaid a man child. She said, I will give him to you all the days of his life. She thought that after he had given the child, she would not have anything to do with it. God gave her five more. Three boys and two. That is his nature. Have you ever experienced the nature of God? You know, there are some people, their nature is just to almost kill you with gifts. I mean, there is a woman 
Whenever I say um, I want to eat food, she will cook for me like I'm holding an event. That's her nature. I said, I, I said, I just want to eat this. I said, no, 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 daddy, no, daddy. Ah. So I'm always careful when I want to tell her to send something. But there are some other people when I tell them, it's not their nature. Even the one I ask for will not be complete. <laughs> Even the one I ask for, it will not be complete. So it's the nature of God. You know what? And he wants to share that nature with us. He wants you and I to have that time of spirit. He wants you to be able to expect. You see, whatever you cannot expect, you can't give anybody. The first thing is become expectant. When you begin to experience some things from God, you're more likely to share with other people. Number two, as a believer, I can expect God to exceed my expectation because it is his will to always want to exceed human expectation. It is the will of God to always, not that his nature, but his will. One's will can be defined as what one wants to be done. God has his will, and we are encouraged to understand it so that we can. It is the will of God to always exceed. One man came to Jesus Christ in Mark 1, 40, 41. He said, if you will, you can make me whole. And what did Jesus do? He said, I will be that made whole. But you will see people in the Bible who ask God for something and his will was to give them something exceeding, abundantly above. His will was to give them something that was more than that. When Jesus Christ came, he said his meant was to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. John chapter 4 verse 34. Say my will is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Hebrews 10, 7, 10, 9. He says, Lord, I come as is written of me in the volume of the books to do your will. Look at what he did to the man by the gate, the gate of the temple. Peter got there at 3, 6. The man lifted out, expecting to receive what? Money. What did he get? Something more than money. Something more than money. Something exceeding. That is the way God operates. He wants to exceed. It is his will. It is his nature. I know when something is God's will, he said the will of God, let it be done. Let the will of God be done. See, after this man, I therefore pray you, Matthew 6, 10, that will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. So every time when you pray, Lord, let your will be done in this situation, you know what he does? Exceeding. That is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. It is not just his nature to exceed our expectation. It is his will. Let me say this to you. If you ask God for something, and what you get or we have been offered is less than what you ask for, that's not coming from God. His will is to do exceedingly. Exceedingly abundantly above. That is the will of God. I remember when I prayed to God for a Mercedes-Benz car, 1984. I knelt and I said, God, I want you to give me a Mercedes 200. Mercedes 200. Along the line, someone came to me and offered me a Pojo. A Pojo 2.0. I told him, I said, 2.0 Pojo. I said, God always follow order. He's a God of order. You want us that Mercedes and deliver Pojo? The man said to me, he said, Pojo and Mercedes are the same. I said, what? To you, they are, but to me, they are not. Have you ever gone to a restaurant? I know Pastor John here goes often. 
and you order for something and they give you something, will you take it? Because whatever they offer, if it's not in line with what you ordered, will not satisfy you. And God's desire is to satisfy. With long life will I satisfy. The word of God says we shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of his house. And drink of the river of his pleasure. So the man came and offered me poetry. I said no. A bank manager came and offered me a loan. I said no. I don't want loan. I want a car. And I want a Mercedes 200. So eventually when someone called me. And said God said I should take you to Western Avenue. In those days. You know, 1991, 90, he said, and God said, whatever car you find there, I should, that you like, point to it. When I was going there, I knew that it was going to exceed my imagination. It is his will. It's not just his nature, it is his will. When I got there, I saw Mercedes 200, the one I like, 230E. You know, 230E is advanced to 200. And then the E on it is extra, extra. You see, when God, it is his will. You see, when God is the one doing it, it will be more than enough. Hallelujah. There will be an extra on it. But many times we settle for something that looks like it, appear like it, and seem like it, but it's not it. When you are looking for a church facility, don't settle for the one that just, you know, small, small, just say, let's, just, let's just repair this. Mm-hmm. It has to be more than enough. Amen. It has to be exceeding. That's the will of God, to give great light connections. Don't you know that's the will of God? Don't you think the will of God should be done? Whenever you settle for something that is less than what you desire, that's not God. That's not God. That is the devil trying to steal the best. That is the devil trying to persuade you against the best. I remember along that line, people were telling me, ah, Daddy, if he's offering you loan, take it. I said, Mm-mm. if I take loan to buy a car, I need loan to fuel it. So people say, just take the pojo. I said, pojo was not what I desire. Kaki and leather are not the same. If I get the pojo, I will never be a happy person. It's Mercedes I want to drive. Every single day I drive a pojo, I will not be a happy person. Are you listening to me? Biblical basis for exceeding expectation. There are bases for doing that. And the basis is, this is the will of God. It is the will of God. One brother said, oh, I, I, I have only one child. You know, he wanted twins. I said, don't worry, it's a matter of time. I said, the next set of children will be twins. I said, is that what you desire? I said, yes. I said, do you know it's the will of God to give twins? Because he gave it in the Bible. And he has given to several people. He has even given triplet, triplet to people. When the brother's wife got pregnant, I told her, I said, now the will of God is on the way. He gave back to two beautiful girls. You know, they say bouncing baby boy, dancing baby girls. That is what you call the girls when they come. Are you listening to me? Now, so that's the second thing you need to know. It is the will of God to exceed my expectation. Can you say that? Close your eyes. I said, it's the will of God to exceed my expectation. So when you want to buy a car, it's the will of God to exceed your expectation. When you want to buy a house, it's the will of God to exceed your expectation. When you want to get a job, it's the will of God to exceed your expectation. It's a constant. That is who he is, is the nature of God, and is the will of God. Number three, as a believer, I can expect God to exceed my expectation because he has the power to do it. He has the power to do it. That's what he says. According to the power that worketh in him. He has the power to exceed my expectation. 
He has the power to exceed my expectation. And if you don't use his power for me, for who will he use it? He has the power. Ephesians 3.20, God's word tells us many things that he has power to do. He's able to raise up children from stones. One woman in our church, 46 year old, one day we were praying for people who want a new bouncing baby. She came out. I said, why? He said, God can do it. <laughs> I've seen women 58 have a child. I've seen 52 have a child. Why? God can do it. You may not know anybody for whom he has done it, but he can do it in your own case. There's always a first time to everything. There is always a first time to He maketh the barren woman to keep a house, to be a joyful mother of children. Before Abraham's wife, there is no other record, but it happened in Abraham's case. Later on, it happened in several other cases. There was not a single woman in the Bible that was barren who did not experience it. Tap your neighbor and say, raise your expectation level. He has the power. He's got the power. Someone came to me and said, sir, I want a loan of two million. I gave him 2.5 million. Dash. Why? I have the power. You know, at times God wants to display his power. He wants to show forth his power. He said he's able to do. So God, tempt him with your power. He's able to do. Is able a church is able to pay for the church building cash. He's able to do. I have over 10 houses in various stations of the world. I never took mortgage for any one of them. He is able to do. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above. <laughs> one church wanted to buy a building here in London. They offered it to them 750. I asked the pastor who is one of my sons. I said, how much do you want to pay? He said, 350, sir. I said, ah, that's a little lower. He said, God is able to do it. The heart of kings are in his hands. He said, that 350, I almost died. I will almost die getting it. He said, so if God doesn't want to kill me, <laughs> he better get it for me at that price. When he told the building committee, they all resigned. 750, you want us to offer them 350? He said, that's what I'm going to pay. He came to me and said, Dad, that's what I'm going to pay. Agree with me. I held my... Because you see, my expectation level is high. That the people that sold the building to him could as well give it to him free. There are churches here in London who have been giving building free. Free. The church said, we're giving it to you free. Here in London, I've been to two at least regimes who had churches given to them free by the former occupant. I can see your expectation and excitement rising. Hallelujah. 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 That is what knowledge does. That is what knowledge does. I have a house in Atlanta given to me free by a woman. Just, she just said, I like you. I paid for the house. I'm not going to live there anymore. Take it. I have some people there now. They pay rent when they want to. One pay rent when they want because of the way I got it, I'm not insisting on it. <laughs> when I'm ready to use it, I'll send them out. I accuse them that they're not paid rent for three years. Leave. And that would be very easy for me to do. What I'm saying is this. He's able to do. He has the power to do it. He has the power to make you truthful. He has the power to make you the head. 
He has the power when you come into a country like Joseph as a slave for you to become the father to Pharaoh. Pharaoh became the father. Joseph in Genesis 45 8 said, The Lord has made me a father to Pharaoh, a governor in the whole land of Egypt. He didn't need indefinite leave to remain. He took over. He came in as a slave and he became the father to the ruler of the land. I've seen people who came into companies as non entities become MD of the same company. From the tail to the head. Thou shalt be the head and not the tail, thou shalt be above only. So we're talking about the name of Jesus. That's what it can do for you. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and is safe. It's because of the name of Jesus, those of us who are nobody became somebody. Those of us who are not nobody, non-entities, non-entities. I preached a message recently. From non-entities to from non-entities to something. From nothing to something. That is what Jesus can do through the power of resurrection. So I told you this. The third reason as a believer, where you, where you can expect God to exceed your expectation is because he has the power. He said, behold, I'm the God of all flesh. Jeremiah 32, 27. Is there anything too difficult? And then Jeremiah 32, 17 says, Ah, Lord God, you made the heavens and the earth. Nothing is too difficult. Nothing is too difficult. He commanded water to come out of the rock. He made the way through the wilderness. He provided streams in the desert. Ladies and gentlemen, this I know, that you can do all things. Because of time, let me go on here. Number four, as a believer, I can expect God to exceed my expectation because there are promises of such in scriptures which I can claim. There are promises of scripture. Ephesians 3.20 is one of the promises. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above. Malachi 3.10. He said, if you pay tithes and offering, I will open the windows of heaven. But you know, one for me, I have gone beyond windows. I'm operating on the doors of heaven. Psalm 78 verse 23. He said, and the doors of heaven were opened. You know what window is? If the window of heaven blessing is what you are still at, me have moved on. That's why one of my books there is titled Ephata. I gave guidelines to opening the doors of heaven. The doors of heaven. How can I experience the doors of heaven blessings? Those are unlimited blessings. He said, my blessing will run after you and do what? Overtake. Blessing is still running after you. It does not even be able to catch up with you. Because your knowledge is so little. But blessing can run after you and overtake. In such a way that your plowman shall overtake your reapers. Oh, God can exceed my expectation. Because there are promises. There are promises. Promises of God. Such the scriptures for them you think you have everlasting life. All the promise of God in Christ. When I, when I looked at, when I look at, you know, so many years ago, I was trying to ask for visa. You know, when you look for visa to go to countries, then I saw Psalm 23, I mean, Psalm 23, I think. Yes, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
I shall not want for visa. And then later on, I think I saw a scripture that talks about God being the head of all nations. Is the head of all, and the heart of kings are in the hand of God. He turned it. The way the devil turned people's heart against you, God said, I can turn your, their heart in your favor. Amen. Impossible people have become possible with me. Where people have been rejected, have been accepted. I told you about the brother here in London. They gave him 750,000 pounds. He went there alone. One person with God is majority. Romans 8, 31, one day, so we said to these things, if God be for us and thank God he is, who can be against? So he went there. He says, 350. They said, what? Please leave this place. He said, okay. He said, you will so. He said, this is my telephone number. You need it soon. <laughs> After some time, they called him. They said, 700. He said, mm -hmm. 350. <laughs> After some time, they called him. They said, 600. He said, 350. After that, they called him back. He said, 450. He said, mm -hmm. he said, I've already told you what I'm going to pay. He said, please don't call me again, except you're ready. One day they called him and they said, okay, bring the 350. He said, I will cut it to 320. <laughs> now, you, that, is, that beats anything you have had. That beats anything you have had. The house where I live in now, I remember the man put it on the market. And then I saw it. I said, wow, I like this house. He had all the pictures, the four rooms, the two receptions. And I said, wow, I like this. And when I like what you have, it's finished. <laughs> because he put it out. So I went. Now, I now try again. About two days later, the thing was not in the market again. Ah. So I went to his house. <laughs> I knocked on the door. I said, I saw the house on the market. He said, I'm not selling again. I said, you will sell. You don't just know yet. <laughs> you will sell. I gave him my number. I said, anytime you want to sell, call me. Three days later, he called me. He said, what kind of person are you? I said, what? He said, since you left, I've kept hearing. You will sell. You don't just know. You will sell. You don't just know. You will sell. You don't just know. The man sold the house. He went and rented the house and lived in a rented building for two years. Every time I would tell him, come back and repair. He would come and repair. He has sold, he collected the money, but he kept repairing the place. Exceeding. Many times our expectations are not built up to that level. It's the nature of God to exceed. It's the will of God to exceed. There are promises. He that spared not his only begotten son. Romans 8.32, and gave it for us. How will he not, together with him, give us all things? 1 Corinthians 3.21 says, all things are yours. All things, all things. Principalities, powers, life, death, things present, things to come. All things are yours. I told him. So you will sell this house. You don't just know. You will sell this house. You don't just know. He looked at me and said, it's my property. I said, yes. But you put it out there. I, did, I saw it there, so it has become mine. I said, it's mine. Your house is mine. He said, let's see. Two days later, I could not sleep. He said, just come and take the house. The day I came, the house, the man had just refurbished. He's a professional builder. So he built it to test. 
Since I entered, I have not touched anything, even to clean it. No. Perfectly. I just moved it with my boxes. Like the children of Israel entered into the promised land. The inhabited houses, they did not build. So you need to begin to expect such a thing. A job that is, ex- you blow your mind. You know there are some jobs, when they tell you all the emolument, your mind will be blown. That's the kind of job you need. Not the one they will be telling you, no, we cannot give you that allowance. It's not part of the contract. Even those things that are not in the contract, they will add it because of you. Why? You and I can expect God to exceed our expectation because there are promises. Ephesians Acts chapter 2 verse 39. He said God will have all men to, he said if you repent and you are baptized and then he will want you to come to a place where you can get so many things that he has in mind. Number five, because of time. As a believer, you can expect God to exceed your expectation because all around us is a spectacle of several people in scriptures and in life whose expectations were exceeded. Look at Solomon. God asked him, 1 Kings 3, 5, 2 Chronicles 1, 7, ask me what I shall give you. What did he say? Verse 9, 1 Chronicles 3, 9. He said, give me a wise understanding. That's all. Did he ask for money? No. Did he ask for the life of his enemies? No. Those ones were exceeding, abundantly above. But God gave him that and gave him money and gave him fame that he did not ask for. All around us are examples. Through scriptures, look at Hannah. I just told you about the story of Hannah. There are people in the Bible and God is not partial. He can give me what he has given someone else uh, but he can give me even beyond what he has given someone else. I remember when I drove that Mercedes Benz car home. You know what that happened? That was 1991. I prayed to God in 1984. It took seven years for the car to come. But that was not the end of the story. 1992, another person called me on the phone. Hello? I said, yes. He said, God said, I should take you to Western Avenue. Ah. And any car you point to. So I went to God. God, what is this? Somebody had a, he said, oh, don't worry. The first, the first person I spoke to is the person who is talking now. He said, when he did not move on time, I told another person. So the second person I told was the one who got to you first. I said, what about this one? He said, take two for the price of one. Are you listening to what I'm saying? All around us, I can tell you people who gave me testimonies that blow my mind. Houses they did not buy. Cars they did not buy. Position they never argued for. <laughs> Let me tell you the story of one of our, 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 star, our members. This guy is a pharmacist. He works with a company in Lagos. And so he went to his immediate superior and said, Sir, I want to attend the London Business School to be able to improve myself so that I can become more marketable in my career. And the man said, You want to attend business school? Have I attended business school? And the man reported him to the MD of the company and said he wanted him disciplined. So the MD called him and the MD said, is it true? The man said, yes, I want to improve myself on the job. He said, your immediate superior have reported you. He said, well, let me ask you. He said, yes, sir. He said, do you need his job? He said, because we have been trying to fire him. (laughs) But we had nobody to replace him. That's how they fired the man. 
the man who wanted my, my son in the Lord fired, was fired. Whosoever did get the peace shall fall into it. Expect good will come out of this thing. What you are going through, testimony will come out of this test. Out of the things you are going through, your testimony will be greater. Your testimony will be mightier. He is able to do exceeding. That my son, that's how he took over the post of his boss. He said I was not prepared for it. I said I was prepared for it. So go and collect the money and give it to me. You are not prepared for what? I'm prepared for it. I'm prepared for it because evil will bow before good. The wicked at the gate of the righteous. Some years ago, somebody sent us a sins to me. June 20, 2002. About four months ago, I attended his burial. The burial of somebody who wanted to kill me. Can you imagine that? Somebody wanted to send me to an early grave was one who went to an early grave and attended his burial because he has given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and all the powers of the enemy. He's able to do exceeding. Many times you don't allow him because you don't walk at this level of faith. Stop walking at that level of faith you are. Feed your faith with expectancy. Get into the world and get the basis upon which you can get that lofty place you desire. Look for a better house than the one you are living in. Challenge your faith with something higher, something bigger. You did not come to this place to live in a hole like a rat. You came to this place to eat the good, drive the good, smell the good, look the good. Stop buying your perfumes from perfume shop. 10 pounds for three. It's a combo. They say combo. I said, I want no one combo. I want the one that stands on his own. Give me a ton four. That's what I want. I want something concentrated. I want something that when I when I pass, they will know somebody is passing. When an elephant passes, you know that something has passed. So God and you and I as a believer can expect God to exceed your expectation because all around us there are witnesses. If you don't have a testimony, ask people who are around you. They have testimonies. I'm around ministers who have testimonies. Several times before I started flying first class, when I was flying business class, they just look at me and transfer me to first class. I say, ah, God is promoting me already. Have they ever transferred you from economy to premium economy? If not, watch your faith. Watch your faith. Watch. One time I was going to go on a flight. And for some reason, I didn't have money for first class. So I got business class. And I said, Lord, you know the class I belong to. You know the class you have put me. You put me in that class. He set me. You know the Bible said he set us. He set us. So when I got there to the gate, they said they have elevated you. I said, I'm not surprised. The man said, did you talk to someone? I said, no, I talked to God. The man looked at me and said, really? I said, yes. Elevated me to first class. When I entered in, I looked at them, I said, you people, because I don't have money, I was not going to fly with you people, I'm here now. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, I belong to the next level. Say, I belong to the next level. Say, I belong to the next level. Anytime you are booking that, your economy tickets, tell yourself, I belong to the next level. God, raise me up. God, promote me. Promotion does not come from the east or the west or the south. God is the judge that put down one person and lifts up another. Receive your lifting in the name of Jesus. Let me round up. 
blessed are they that keep to time, for they shall be invited back. <laughs> Listen to this. As a believer, you can expect God to exceed your expectation because the time of it has come. When I was, when I looked at the topic of the conference, he said above all others, you know what it means to me? God has promoted you. Receive your letter of promotion. Above all others, it's not a conference team. It's a prophetic word. Your time of lifting has come. Psalm 45, verse 6 and 7 says, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom is the right scepter. Thou loveth righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, thy God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your fellows. Say, I am above all others. Say, I am above all others. Say, I'm above all others. He said, you shall be the head and not the tail. Matthew 19, 30 said that the head shall be tail and the tail shall be head. The last shall be first. That is your position. Why can I expect God to exceed, to exceed my expectation? The time has come. Say, my time is here. My time for promotion is here. My time of lifting is here. Psalm 102 verse 13. Thou shalt arise and have favor upon Zion for the time to favor her. Lift up your time hand and say, it's my time of favor. He said, my time of favor has come. Say, my time of favor has come. From being single to being married. From being barren to be fruitful. From being the last to be the head. From being nothing to be somebody. My time has come. You need to think of that. As a church, your time has come for you to have a building. Are you listening to what I'm saying now? Your time has come to move from being a tenant to be a landlord. Are you listening to what I'm saying now? I'm a landlord already. You need to now be, I'm, I'm a landlord, I live in my own house. But you need houses you rent. So that when you visit those houses, you put your hand in your pocket. And the tenants are looking at you. Say, I used to be like you. When I go to those houses where that belongs to me, I look at them and I say, I used to be like you. I say, but I'm no longer like you. I'm now the head. I say, you answer to me now. My promotion has come. Can I see somebody about to be promoted? Can I see your hand up? Yes. Hallelujah. Your job and your area of influence is small. Receive your promotion. Receive your elevation. Receive your enlightenment. Receive your advancement. Receive your increase. Be seated. He said, God will increase my greatness and comfort you on all sides. I'm one person who's benefited from what I'm sharing with you. This real life is not, I'm not telling you something theory. I have not seen, I don't have that as the entire the hearts of men. Isaiah 64, 6 says, the things, I think 64, 6 or 64, 64, the thing that God has reserved for those who wait. Tap your neighbor and say, the waiting period is over. Some of you sisters, the waiting period is over. Some of you brothers say, I'm looking for, I'm looking for, you are found now. So get married in the name of Jesus. The waiting period is over. You have waited on the line. It's not time to come forward. Let me tell you something dramatic that happened in one place in U.S. Years ago, 
you can buy a $500 ticket. It's called voucher on Delta Airlines. And for a whole month, you fly anywhere you want to. All you need to do is look for a flight that is not full and then be on the waiting list. So there was one time I wanted to fly from Washington, D.C. to Atlanta. And there was this flight. I didn't know that it was that full. So I put my name on the waiting list. And there were 35 of us waiting for five seats. The person who was in charge, according to the law of the voucher, was allowed to give the seats to anybody he wants. I was number 33 on the queue. Number 33 on the queue. But you know what? I was not bothered because the scripture says, the last shall be first. So the man came and said, okay, ladies and gentlemen, my name is this, Robin Brown. I will now allocate the five seats according to my pleasure. In other words, I will just choose and decide on who to give what. I told the man behind me, I said, I'm one of the five. He said, how do you know? I said, my time has come. I'm I, I told him, I said, I cannot be overlooked. I said, look, I, that man's eyes on me. I can't be overlooked. Look at your neighbor and say, I cannot be overlooked. In your place of work, you boast. The Bible said in Psalm 34, verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His prayer could not let me in my mouth. My soul shall make a boast in the Lord. So the man said, mm -mm. Number one on the queue, come forward. He got that one, he gave them the seat. I said, You call my name, sir. The man said, But you are very far from the front. I said, It does not matter. I said, That's what promotion is. If you are not the last and God cannot make you the first, then what is exceeding abundantly above? He called number two. Number two, come forward. I was not trusted. Then the man said something very odd. When your time for promotion comes, something will happen. The man said, this line has two ends. I've taken the first two in front. He said, let the last two get out of line. Number 34, go out. Number 35, go out. I was number 33. He said, let number 33 come. He said, I like that word, 33. <laughs> you know what I did? I, I, was, I did like this. You see that? I said, you see that? Look at your neighbor and say, my time has come. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, you will see very soon that I told you my time has come. I can expect him to exceed my expectation. Why? My time of promotion. When the time of promotion came for Joseph, in one day, from the prison to the palace. Tap your neighbor and say, my promotion is here. Say, I expect the promotion. Say, I feel lucky right now. I feel lucky. I feel something is happening for me right now. Something is going to happen on Monday. Something will happen next week. Something will happen next month. I feel lucky this hour. That is what expectancy is. My dear sister, every day you come to church, you are, you are looking for, you are looking forward to getting married. I feel lucky today. The man will talk to me today. He has been spoken to, but he's afraid of me. But the fear has disappeared. 
he will talk to me today. He will talk to me today. As a couple said, we will be pregnant this month. It will happen this month. My time has come. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3.11, he has made all things beautiful in his time. Psalm 31 verse 15, my times are in his hand. I can expect him to exceed my expectation. Why? It's my time. It's my turn. It's my season. Yesterday was somebody's season. But now it's mine. I said, now it's mine. I said, now it's mine. I said, now it's mine. Number seven. Have, you, have I helped someone today? Have I provoked you today? Have I caused you to feel uncomfortable with where you are? He may never have done it before. He will do it in my case. Oh, we have never heard of something like that before. You hear it in my case. When those kidnappers kidnapped me in June 20, the commission of police, my wife went to the commission of police. The commission of police said, by this time, your husband will be dead. He said, because based on the way they came, they showed him his picture. And they took him. He said, he'll be dead now. My wife says, no, she will not die. You know the reason? On that occasion, I didn't die. That's why I'm here today. My own case should be different. They could kidnap someone and he dies in custody. I will not die but live. They could say it has not been done before. In my case, they will do it for the first time. My case should be a test case. My case should be proof that God is a good God. Hallelujah. They said nobody has ever recovered from that sickness. I will be the first case. My case will be unusual. My case should be a specimen. Uh, my case should be such that no book will be able to prove what my case is. Doctors will say, one of my pastors went overseas recently to carry out an operation. And they told him, they said 50-50. They said the last five people who operated on died. I said, can I talk to the doctor? I said, your case is different. Who said your case is the same like that? You don't know where those five are from, so don't be threatened. Your own case is different. In fact, after they operated on him, they said, we have never had this kind of success in 27 years. Tap your neighbor and say, my case is different. Isaiah 58, 14 said, I will make you to ride upon the high place of the earth. I'm feeling with the heritage of Jacob, your father. Number seven, as a believer, you can expect God to exceed your expectation because that is what God knows I have need of. How many of you need something that will blow your mind? You have been living a normal life for too long. Yes, sir. A normal life. After this, that. After that, this. <laughs> it's now time for hop, step, and jump. Extreme promotion. Extreme elevation. A normal life can be routine. A normal life. God exceeds my expectation because he knows that is what you need. How many of you know you need that? <laughs> One of our sisters got married at the age of 40. At the age of 40. She came to me on the marriage day. He said, Daddy, by the time I'm 44, I will have four children. At the age of 40, the chances of having children have only diminished. But this sister came to me and said, at the age of 44, I will have four children. Why? God knows you need it. 
with what you have been through, God knows you need. God knows what things we have a need of. How many of you know God knows you need a miracle? Can I see your hand here? Say, God knows I need a miracle. God knows I need a miracle. God knows I need divine intervention. God knows I need them to suspend the law that is holding me down. Why can I expect God? God knows I need it. God knows I need it. He knows I need it. He knows I need it. When God knows you have need of something, he grants them to you. He gives it to you on a platter of gold. No matter. So that sister got, she, she got married. And then on the wedding day, he said, I want to testify that it's time for God to blow my, he said, I've lived too naturally life. That's why at the age of 40, I'm getting married for the first time. I got said at the age of 18. 22 years of delay, struggle, competing with other sisters. The brother who married that was 25 years old. For a 25 year to marry an old scallywag, 44 is an uncommon thing. The brother was dribbling everybody like this. You know, in other words, every sister, he was, you know, one of those eligible bachelors in church that every sister says, if he just smiled to me, I will marry him. Brother did not talk to anybody. It was this 44-year-old woman who was there looking like a deeper lifer. You know what I mean? Head tie, cover the ears. No makeup. Nothing. Just bundukwasle like that. And this eligible brother went to her and spoke to her. On the Thanksgiving day, so I want to testify that four years time in this same church, I will have four children. He said, because I need it. He said, I need something spectacular to silence those people around me who think, where is my God? Something will happen to you that silence those who have been asking, where is your God? You need something exceeding, abundantly above. No, there are some things that happen and people say, uh-huh. uh-huh. I've thought about it too. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This woman got pregnant. Two months after she got married. You know, there are some of them because of fibroid. 44. The fibroid in her womb were almost like babies. She got pregnant. Gave back to a set of twins. Two boys. Puka, puka. They look exactly like the man. On the day she was doing the Thanksgiving, she said, I need two more children. He said, people have been asking me, where is my God? He said, they will see my God in action. Tap your neighbor and say, they will see your God. Say, they will see your God. Because when God does something that blows their mind, things that they never even imagined could happen to her. After the babies, we are just a few. She came to me and said, Daddy, I feel somehow. I say, yes. That's the right feel. I say, what do you feel? I feel somehow. I've had, and I have two bodies, one inside, one outside. I laid hands on her. I said, your expectation will not be cut off. I said, God will surprise you. She get back to a set of twins, girls, that look like her. 
Come and see them. Look at your neighbor and say, God knows I need it. Stand on your feet. Let's bless God. Father, we want to thank you tonight for your loving kindness. Lift up your hands and receive what is yours. Receive what is yours. Receive what is yours. Come on, claim it. Claim it now. Claim it now. Claim it now. I can't hear you pray. That area of your life where you are long overdue for divine intervention, claim it. Claim it. Claim it.